Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. from Arizona, de caliente. No, you can't. You, you'll actually, you'll actually get arrested if you say it like. That. Oh, that's true. That's in true. Arizona. It's Arizona. Yeah. Because I'm calling into Arizona. That that makes me culpable to Arizona law. That's uh, right. Adam, a motherfucking rally. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. Oh man. All right. So before we before we get anything, how's your Father's Day, dude? Because uh, normally you're a motherfucker, but that's every day. Yeah, that's every day. But you know, today, um, you're you're a father. Today I'm still a motherfucker. The um, my wife made me shepherd's pie, one of my favorite nice dinners. And then I got some uh, Vans, Vans to make her dance. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I got a watch. Nice. That I'll probably never wear because I don't really <laughs> wear watches. Um, and that was it. Just hung out with the kids. Grandfather came over. Nothing else. <laughs> Father's Day isn't. It's not like Christmas. It's not like Mother's Day. Good well, course, God. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. Mother's Day is always like, oh my God, it's Father's Day. Father's Day. It's like, oh yeah, Father's Day's this weekend, huh? Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Well, that's weird. Derpity derp. <laughs> yeah that's uh uh yeah i mean it's funny too because like for father's day well same thing for mother's day well, unless daddy's buying it but you know it's your money yeah you know i i told my wife and i had this argument with her every year i'm like if i'm paying for it should i be able to pick what i can buy i know right she's like no i'm like oh, i don't need fucking shoes i need a graphics card <laughs> i need shoes i can go barefoot I go barefoot, I don't give a fuck as long as my graphic card's legit. <laughs> Priorities, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Absolutely. 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. So, um, I have a disturbing question to ask Adam right now, and and to share his view on it, and and it's just I don't know. Um, you willingly saw Battleship. Look, check this and, out. And, and, and most importantly, you liked it. This is the thing. What the okay. fuck? What the fuck? This is the thing. I was having one of those moments where it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. I can't sleep. And I'm looking at movies that that I have kicking around. And I'm, I see I see a movie that I know is not the greatest movie in the world. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll throw it on. I didn't like the movie. You told overall. me. Bitch, Check you it said out. You I'm going to tell you like it. this. I'm going to tell you like Am I telling the story or are you? I'll just get back. Let, let your time to shine is fine. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie because I really enjoy um, naval ships. So I liked all that because the visuals in the movie are the shit. I mean, you can't knock Battleship for the visuals because everything looks awesome. Yeah, and there were all, um, there were all deleted scenes from the Transformers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's fine. I mean, I'm watching the movie and the. the when they're trying to be serious, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, did, Liam you, did, you, did you tip your cap? Did you tip your cap? Dude, I had two caps on both tilts. <laughs> Liam Neeson's in it, but he's not in it nearly enough. Mm. That's the problem. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it had the, the USS Missouri making a little bit of a comeback in the end. You know, right. spoilers. Um, <laughs> it was okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I always like to watch movies that that are big big movies, and they're like flops or whatever. But because pe- people will go, this, is, this movie is fucking insulting to my sense. Like they freak out, and then I watch it and I go, eh, still whatever movie. You know, some people hate movies. I I, I don't know a movie that I just hate, like see, that I get passionately about that I hate. It's like whatever. See, the thing was is that. When Adam goes, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this movie. I'm like, why, dude, why? And then, like, an hour and a half later, he, he's back. He's like, dude, fucking the shit. Now he's all like, yeah, I love you. Tripping? Was, he, no, was, he was like, oh, I was. God, dude, this fucking Avengers look like fucking kitty shit. Oh, you stupid now. Now you just making up shit. <laughs> I, I was. When I got done with the movie, the first thing I, I started doing was I hit, like, Wikipedia and started looking up naval vessels again because I haven't for a while. So that aspect, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie was pretty dope because, you know, fucking boats were the shit. That was about it. <laughs> everything everything else about the movie was subpar. <laughs> but the visuals, the visuals were fine. You know, I don't give a fuck if it looks like Transformers. Transformers was okay. This is okay. Uh, what was it? I I'm I just couldn't take Rihanna's voice. I she was she was actually not too bad in the movie. It's just her accent kind of like she doesn't have her accent. Well, she, she, it fluctuated. It fluctuated. It was kind of funny, yeah, because yeah. it was like she's from like New York, and I'm like right. okay. And then there's one scene where she was all fucking like, but she was talking over. It's almost like they recorded it before they made the decision to change her accent. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is she from the what? I don't know what's going on now. Yeah, because it sounded like wait, why doesn't this sound wait what? But her even her normal accent it doesn't annoy me. It's just an accent. 
<laughs> Whatever. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, yeah, Rihanna's battleships were, um, were pretty. <laughs> I don't find Rihanna that attractive. Nah. I, I, I don't know. Actually, she's, she's, she's cute in a slutty sort of way. Right? Yeah. That's what, that works. Yeah. You know, but she's, she's that stripper at the club that you see and you're like, yeah, I'd fuck her. I want to take her home to mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Take her home to dad. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, happy Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. Oh. Slutty, slutty Rihanna, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh wow, wow, yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to throw out, I didn't put this in the show notes, but I actually, I, I found out about it, um, and uh, I found out from the, my friend of mine Heather, and then I told Adam about it. Was uh, was it Pretentiousil? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fucking hilarious. I'll I'll attach the YouTube video to the um to the uh, web page when we put it up on the site tomorrow or today, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's it's fucking funny. You, you know hipsters, you hate hipsters. It, it's basically a cure all for hipsters. It's awesome. Have to check it out. And and just for the record, if if there's any hipsters listening now, everyone hates you. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you know that, yeah. and then you can move forward with your life. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just—it's all about growing as a person. Yeah. And we know, and you know, hipsters like whatever. You know, it. Whatever. You guys hate me because that's the—that's the normal thing to do. <laughs> I don't follow the crowd, man. And in essence, you actually do. Yeah, you follow your own crowd. And then you know what? That's not put down. Put out that Paps blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and take off the disc, man. Turn off the '70s alt rock, right? And punch yourself in the head. Yeah, and pretty much. But see, that's kind of like everything with every every group, because like you'd have the when I was in high school, there was the punks. Or <laughs> it was like the last generation to have punks, basically. Right. And they um they were like, yeah, we don't follow the crowd, anarchy, this and blah blah blah. But they all dress like one guy in the group. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Nonconformist. You know, you remember the South Park episode? Where that one kid's like, I'm just a damn fucking conformist, you know, but yet he followed the whole non-conformist crowd, which kind of made him a conformist. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. Everybody, quote unquote, conforms to something because there's reasons why there's groups. Like, because if you like one thing, you're most likely going to like this other shit. So you'll just kind of fall into place. This is your (laughs) place until you get older. Right. Then you just do whatever the fuck you want, like a fucking man, <laughs> or or a woman, you know, a woe man, a woe man, a <laughs> uh, woe man. man, yeah, whoa, whoa man, yeah. All right, so uh, I saw Man of Steel. I know, and uh, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I wanted to see it this weekend. I couldn't make it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. I know there's like some like like of course there's fanboys that are like fucking Superman never does this shit you know um <laughs> Superman always parted his hair to the left <laughs> God guys <laughs> shut up um I thought it was in all essence it was a prequel it's basically the Superman origin film 
before he actually becomes the Superman we know. You know, which like, is kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Batman Begins of the Superman films. You know, um, which, which was the lamest of the series. So that kind of speaks well with uh, with this movie. Uh, I mean, just means the next one's gonna be better. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you know, um, I mean, they they did a lot. Like the I Jarrell was in it a lot more than I thought he'd be. I, I and uh, that w- that was actually that was actually kind of cool. Um, Kevin Costner was in it about as much as I thought he'd be in it. But the cool thing was, is I thought he really was a strong Jonathan Kent. As much as Kevin Costner is contractually allowed to be in a movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I I mean I thought Henry Cavill did a good job being Superman. I heard he was just really hyper serious all the time. Um, no. But su- Superman's kind of serious. Superman's kind of serious. He h- did have that little bit of the, he did have a little tongue-in-cheek, like, when they brought him in, um, you know, when he surrendered himself to the military, um, Lois Lane sitting there, looks down, and she goes, you let them handcuff you? And then he goes, they seem to feel a little, um, safer that way. You know, like, you know, it could kind of like that, it, it really silly, but they feel safer, so I did it. You know, and then he does this one boss move when they say something to him, he gets up and literally just, like, moves his wrist, and you see the handcuffs just kink, like, you know, and it was just, like, you know, it was it was cool in that aspect. Um, uh, I'm... I did like this one because of the fact that it dealt with... Now, when looking at the film, it did make sense to me, like, why they use Zod, because you needed to showcase who Superman is, his strengths, his power. Yes, yeah, so you show his polar opposite. You show his polar opposite, um, instead of like Lex Luthor, yeah, because yeah, Lex Luthor was always kind of like an underdog. Yeah, he's, he just didn't like the alien thing, but but Zod's the perfect the perfect yin to his yang because it's yeah, he it has the same pa- yeah he has the same powers, but his moral compass is completely the opposite. Right, you know, so it's I thought it was a good choice when I heard who it was going to be, and I pretty much figured it was going to be Zod anyway. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. To the Phantom Zone, bitch. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I thought they had some really good – They, I thought they had some really good strong points. I think – I don't want to do a spoiler on this one because it's still relatively new. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, I haven't seen it. Which. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is a bit at the end that has some people kind of bitching. But um, I have to say, you know what, if you've, if you've read the – article on the website about mark wade where he just completely went ape shit over the ending of it you you got to realize too that that superman has not always done the right way he's had to do some things that you know because he had no choice and if you see in the movie because in the in the in mark wade's reaction if you read the reaction that he had it almost seemed like it was something he didn't like it just kind of did it but when I saw the actual context of the film, Superman didn't have a choice, you know. And and so for me, it was kind of like, you know what? It was good with that way because the cinematic universe had to had to change. I mean, look at Iron Man, you know. Look at you know Thor. There's a lot of changes from the comic book to the cinematic universe. You you can't keep everything the same. And to be honest, it was hell. I thought it was a hell of a lot better than um, Green Lantern. So, I dare uh, you. Yeah. So, 
Green Lantern is a cinematic treasure. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. It, it isn't. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, I actually enjoyed Green Lantern too. I'm surprised you didn't put that in the fucking show notes. <laughs> um, Green Lantern. We covered that. I think when <laughs> when it was out. Yeah, I know. Every time I like a movie that Steve doesn't like, we have to poke fun at it. Mm. Hey, asshole. Not necessarily. Hey, asshole, you're not supposed to like this movie. Mm-hmm. No, cause I'm just to, kidding. Because yeah, you're trying to be a hipster. You know, you want to be against yeah. the norm. You know. The best movie of all time is Howard the Duck. That's not being a hipster. <laughs> that's being badass. So, you know, you're welcome. Um, Jesus. No, I, I remember when we talked about it in the podcast, uh, not not Howard the Duck, because I don't need to defend Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a great movie, but... Um, Green Lantern was like, if you're a comic book fan, you can find enjoyment in it because you know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but if you never read the comic book, you're like, a what? Yeah, <laughs> a derp. Oh man, and bitches be bitches. You know? Yeah, there you go. Bitches be bitches. Bitches be bitches. Bitches be tripping like bitches be tripping. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, next time we head into some news. Do it! Yeah. Yeah. Since the reins of the of Star Wars was sold to Disney, they have put the franchise on a fast track to make it to theaters by 2015. Think, um, think of it for Disney. They would have a new Star Wars movie and Avengers 2 in the same summer. They will own everything by the end of that year. Your soul will be there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, of course, this um, much of this was depending on the release, the start date for Star Wars. Quote, I think that the thing is so big and so massive to so many people that the key to moving forward is honoring, not, um, but not uh, revering in what went before, J.J. Abrams said um, a couple of weekends ago at the Produced by Conference panel. Most likely, we are going to be moving to London at the end of the year for the Star Wars uh, movie, he said. Um, said the Star Trek Into Darkness creator, uh, director. Sorry, <laughs> creator. He notes that um, overseas shoots drives him crazy, but he would have liked to film this, the movie in Los Angeles. However, the decision to direct in the UK was made before Abrams was ever brought on board. Abrams did joke that Star Wars was the only thing that would have caused them to postpone a long-set family vacation. I think all of us would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were expecting any news about the story of the film, you're out of luck. Any questions, according to Deadline, that were directed that way, Abrams offered a no comment with a smile. So you can see why um, Abrams was selected due to his ability to keep a secret and the audience guessing until the release date. So oh, Abrams is known for that. Oh, like, he doesn't even he doesn't even give he's got the poker face of a fucking god. I know. Like, he doesn't even give any hint to what's going on. You leave that shit more confused than you were when you walked in. No, because yeah, I know it's so many redirects and just the way he manages to kind of switch things around. You're kind of like, oh, uh, wait, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. I don't even know who I am anymore. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so um, I th- he's directing you. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and earlier earlier before the podcast, Adam was like, yeah, I could give a shit. You could give a shit about when the start date. The reason. Okay, was- wait a minute. You need to put that shit into context because I just sound like an ultra douchebag. Um, I said that. I did say that, but <laughs> I, I, what I meant, what I meant, what had happened was, no, what, what, I, was. what I meant is, 
will I see the movie? Yes. Will I enjoy the movie? Most likely. But I'm not, I don't feel as pumped up about it as I would maybe like the new Star Trek film coming out or, um, or the Avengers movies coming out. I don't know why. Like, I honestly don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm not excited. Like, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll see it when it comes out. The only reason that I'm excited about this is because there has been, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, they wanted to have a 2015, but everybody wasn't sure, you know, with J.J. Abrams getting on, they're writing the script and all that stuff. Would it actually get pushed beyond 2015 to 2016 or anything like that? And um, with them actually starting production early 2014 means that the film will be coming out in 2015. So that's the only real reason to kind of like, okay, so we know that it's going to be in that particular area. Because when Disney said, oh, yeah, but 2015, and Abrams was like, well, I'm not married to that date yet. Um, yeah, so, and Abrams the boss. Yeah. Abrams telling Disney what to do. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of beast mode, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So it, it seems that, like, okay, if they are starting in 2014 – that means we'll probably see it by 20, by summer of 2015 at some point. So that's so you're what, you're excited because of what year it's coming out? Yeah. So I know that. So we at least have an indication of like, okay, cool, it is coming out in 2015. As opposed, see me like, I mean, I like Abrams as a director. I, I'm I'm 99 sure the movie's going to be good because he's directing it. I just don't know. I mean, I was like that with The Hobbit, too. The Hobbit is my favorite book of all time. And when I heard the movie was coming, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just didn't get pumped. Maybe because I've read the book 20 fucking times. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Then I heard Cumberpatches in that bitch. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Man. I, <laughs> I need to complete this out real quick. Because <laughs> I got a, ma- a massive uh, man crush on Cumberpatch, dude. Well, yeah, you know what? I actually went back and started rewatching Sherlock again. I need. To, I still have only seen the first episode because uh, of a gigantic, gigantic asshole. Seriously, dude. Seriously. It's because they're so long. I'm like, do I have? But then I watch Battleship. So that's my right. fucking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's what a am mini I doing movie. With... It's a mini movie. You get like a trilogy of movies. You know, what for a what am I doing with my life? Seriously, dude. <laughs> All right, my turn. Um, this shouldn't be much of a surprise for anyone being that there was so much hype about this movie. Um, I'm a huge DC fan, so this is great news for me. And should, we just talked about this movie, so this intro sounds weird. Um, it should be for comic fans everywhere. Man of Steel just hit theaters today. Um, well, not today. I wrote this on uh, Saturday. It has already. Er, wait, I wrote it on Friday. Yeah, yeah. It has already earned an estimated 21 million dollars. The film made 12 million dollars for its Thursday release alone, and additional 9 million the rest of the time. So. For Friday, we're talking about this article coming on Friday. Because, well, whatever. Steve's not bailing me out, so I'm just going to keep bullying until something happens. <laughs> um, Steel was projected to come out of the gate strong and continue making serious sales throughout the life of the theater. Throughout the theater, Walmart ran a special event when you where you could purchase tickets for an advanced screening of the film, so opening numbers are a bit higher uh, than they normally would, honestly. But honestly, people saw the movie at full price. I don't really see why that counts. A lot of people are saying, oh, fucking opening sales are, are higher because of Walmart's um, opening night screen. I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> they still paid for the ticket. It doesn't matter what way it went. Man of Steel is set to break June opening record, with Toy Story 3 making $110.3 million in 2010. In its first month, and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen pulling one. 
127.8 million in its three-day launch. Each of these films has a strong following already, being sequels in popular franchises, which gives them an advantage. But sequel has a lot of population or again popularity on brand alone. So basically, the movie's really popular. <laughs> Got a good amount of money. And this is good, though, because remember they said this this determines if they're going to continue to really be serious about DC movies and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm kind of like, I've been watching, I want to see the movie, but I just I want everyone to see the movie. <laughs> because I want them to make more movies. Like, I want everyone, I don't even care, if you hate comic book, please don't see this movie. Just once. Just go, just buy the ticket and throw it and go, go do something else. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I know. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I the fact that it's tightly integrated to the success of the, the Justice League movie is tightly um, connected to Man of Steel. It's it's kind of it's it's a double edged sword because if people are like, well, I'm not really into Superman, but I think the the reason it will happen is because most people. And I and I've heard this from some people that are like going, well, I kind of went into it because you know Christopher Nolan did Batman, and you know I thought you know they kind of were expecting Nolan's Batman, but the problem was is that I you know it's like going, look, this isn't, it's already been established that Nolan's Batman is a different universe, you know, it's yeah. one one of the multiverse, so you're dealing, it's a, a mini series. Yeah, it really in is. Terms. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a. It's a miniseries in comic book terms. It's a, it's a figment of it's a, uh, what do you call it? Like just like a taken out of con, uh, taken out of continuity. And so what we're seeing now is going to be, you know, the the current DC universe. Um, and so you know, some I was like, oh, but you can't make Superman gritty. And I think that's what people. We're tr- we're kind of expecting to be a darker Superman, but you can't do that to Superman. It's not and a dark character. It's not a dark character. He is kind of a Boy Scout. I mean, there's a point in the movie where the the general goes, um, "How can I trust you to have America's best interest?" And he and Superman looks at him and goes, "I grew up in Kansas. That's about as American as I can get, you know." Yeah. And so you it, it's it's just it's it's just where people start talking about like you know they're hating on it and just like you know and it's just like shut up you you need to understand the character you can't go by the cartoons you know because I I'm feeling that's where most of the people have seen it or the old Christopher Reeve movies and those were taken so far out of Superman lore that you can't even use those as a as a as a base so yeah. I was in a discussion real quick with him at work. Superman, he's like super lame because he's such a he's such a little goody two shoes. First of all, calling him a superhero goody two shoes is retarded. I mean, right. That's kind of isn't that the the one main quality they're supposed to have? Right. Um, I I said they're compared to Batman and stuff. I'm like, well, Superman isn't just our physical superior. He's supposed to be our moral superior too. Yeah. He I mean, Superman is less a person and more an ideology that we're all supposed to strive for. Right. You know, so it, a lot of people go, "Oh, dude just punches through walls and he's really nice to people." It's like, "Well, you obviously just don't you you're don't not get seeing it. the big picture." Yeah. yeah. Um 
so yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. And, and but a lot of people have been saying that, like, oh, Batman was dope because it was so dark. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's why Batman and Superman comics work out so well. Yeah. Because they're so opposite from each other. Yeah. You know, and and, and they both kick a lot of ass. Yeah. Batman's kicked Superman's ass a couple times. That's kind of boss, dude. Yeah. If you really think about it. Exactly, you know. And that's the thing, you know. So most people – I mean even if you – one of the most consistent things that you can see in all Superman, in all medium, is why Jarrell sent him to Earth was simply because he thought – we could he could lead the human race to better to better themselves yeah. and that he could be the whole he could be the the reasoning he could be he could give them hope and give them the ability to change so you know it, it's that's the kind of thing and yeah it does play on the whole Jesus kind of you know savior kind of thing which Brian Singer really delved a lot into in Superman Returns but that's what it is I mean, yeah, maybe a little too much, but <laughs> but that's the whole thing, and I, I think when most people, if you grasp that and you understand it, you'll be fine. If not, you're just a douchebag. Yeah, I mean, Superman is is a he's a god figure. He's right. he's some he's something that is better than us in yeah. every way, and we just have to try to be like him. Batman. I mean, because since everyone always likes to compare it to Batman, is us. Yeah, Batman is is a reflection of humanity. You know, and, and good parts of humanity that come out of darkness and stuff like that. But Superman's fine. I'm a fucker. <laughs> he ate a reflection of humanity. Yeah, exactly. Unless he's with that red kryptonite, then that's what happens when a human has powers. Yeah, like that. Gets a little dark. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on into video game news. Woohoo! Woohoo! One of the major concerns of gamers is the cost of newly released games for the next generation of consoles. Since the releases of the original PlayStation and Xbox, it has been a common trend that we would see game increases in additional $10 since the $50 games of the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. EA has been one of those companies that is looking at the cost of games as well as the benefit of second-hand gamers that purchase their content through retailers like GameStop. EA label president uh, Frank... Gibault atten- um, told attendees of the E3 2013 analyst call, quote, It's certainly a topic of discussion this week. EA has a position of looking at used games for a customer-first standpoint and a gamer-first standpoint. We will we'll definitely be looking at gamers first, he reiterated. While most uh, people would roll their eyes at that statement, you need to remember that EA did drop their online pass, which charged secondhand gamers a $10 fee for the DLC content and multiplayer features if they picked, up, uh, if they picked it up used. The program proved so unpopular that EA's decided to drop the program last month. EA COO Peter Moore addressed the idea of games to increase with next generation consoles. You see a $60 game for the next generation con- um, you see a $60 price for a next gen game uh, whereas we believe with digital download we could get 70, 80 or 90 from the consumer but it's a $60 price point. At, um, at least we can rest easy on that. So, I mean there has been and and we've kind of been like we didn't really see it kind of moving to seventy. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they tried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool that EA is saying. And if EA is doing this, then you know pretty much everybody else is going to be sticking at sixty for a game. And to be honest, if the games went to seventy, dude, I I would not be buying games. Right? Come on. Yeah. It's like come on, dude. Uh, and uh, so 
Uh, You'd have to make a damn good game for me to buy it at seventy bucks. Seriously, the only and people ga- people say, oh, it's only ten bucks more. I'm like yeah, that. It, yeah, it adds up. Yeah, it, it may be ten bucks more, but instead of sixty, now it's seventy. You know, and that's the thing. And, it, and then I mean, eighty. Yeah, and then, and 80, then 90. ninety. Yeah, <laughs> with a PlayStation fifty, fifty thousand dollars for a game. Woohoo! Games um, are more expensive than the console. What the? <laughs> <laughs> But you know that's that's really the that's that's really the thing, and I really didn't expect it to jump to seventy. Um, and I think we had mentioned this on an early podcast a, lo- a long time ago. But that has always been kind of a concern, and it's not been so much of a rumor. Like we haven't really seen anybody saying like, "Ooh, report games are going to be ten dollars more." But it's been kind of a concern amongst yeah. gamers. But at least if EA is going to be that, then we know Activision and everybody else is going to be following suit and keeping sixty bucks. Um, so I, I'm pretty I'm I'm cool with that. Well, as long as you're cool with it, then the industry should follow suit. Exactly. So so, so see <laughs> everybody out there, EA, Activision, Rockstar, all you guys. I'm cool with sixty bucks. So let's make this happen. You know what I would be cool with? Going back to fifty. That would be <laughs> awesome. It just sounds like the number what it should not? be. No no no. Yeah. <laughs> the only company, the only thing Nintendo really gets right anymore is their price point for games. Oh, I know, right? They're like 50, 50 bucks when they first come out, I think. <laughs> PC games are usually 50 bucks, too. Yeah. Which I always think is funny. Like, oh, did it cost more, less to make it on the PC? No, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> the console war is in full swing. Yes, it is. Yeah. And E3, which is now over, is kind of like the main event. Mm-hmm. Even if you're an Xbox One fan, you can still admit that Sony has been serving Microsoft with steady burns <laughs> ever since the beginning of the event. Jack Trent with his hat tits to the side. <laughs> he, he straight up. He looked like a smug bastard who's sitting on that stage too. He, just always like, looks like, he always looks like a smug bastard. He was he was the perfect one to deliver that shit too. Anyway. Sony has attacked everything from Microsoft's used game policies to Xbox One's need to check in with Microsoft servers every 24 hours. Microsoft Game Studios' Phil Spencer has spoken up in defense of his company's next generation and tells Sony to just wait and see. We always knew that our story would play out over time, and even now I would say this isn't a sprint, Spencer said. The platform launches this November... We've got more content to share. He goes on to say there are other means that, like Gamecom, Gamecom and TGS coming that will still continue to put a value on what we're bringing to the market, he added. The reaction, I think, is complete when the product is on the shelf and it has a price and it has a content library and consumers vote. Vote? We're going to vote on it? (laughs) Shit. And that's the date I'm looking forward to. So Microsoft is sure raising a lot of eyebrows with the way the Xbox One is going to behave. The console will require an internet connection to check in with Microsoft servers once every 24 hours to verify you actually own the content on your system. Another big topic is Microsoft's stance on used games and more... more... Wow, my English was just horrible. (laughs) And just as important, loaning games to friends. While a lot of these new restrictions won't gravely affect most gamers, they're still restrictions, and many feel aren't necessary. Uh, yeah, so... 
basically, um, oh, there's a nice little comment here. I might mention that at the end. The the uh, PlayStation Four, like Sony, they they fucking smashed E3. Yeah. Like basically, they just came on the stage and said, "My penis is huge," and it just got off. That, that's and they dropped the mic and then rocked off. Yeah. That's right. It was it was an. And even if you're an Xbox One fan, I mean, you can't, you can't deny that Microsoft had so much egg on their face when they left that stage that you could have, you could have put them outside in that heat, and made it, made an omelet. Like they just look stupid. You know what I mean? Like stupid. By saying stupid comments like, um, "Oh well, if you don't have an internet connection, we still have the Xbox 360." Yeah. Or a more recent one I just saw. Um, uh, what did I just see? Oh, they suggested tethering your cell phone so you can check in. <laughs> like, you're not solving the problem. You're just pointing out why it's so dumb. Yeah. And, so. Yeah. F- um, yeah, I know. With Sony. And this week, we're also going to have a um, Lazy Ring of Death podcast where we're going to talk about all E3. And we're definitely going to be definitely going to be talking about the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and all that stuff. So definitely check out Thursday for our um, E3 review. Uh, but it's just Sony did smash it. I mean, hardcore. Like we had, and if you listen to one of our earlier podcasts when they after they announced the Xbox One, you know, with the tech specs that we had, we made a choice based on that. But Knowing now all the stuff that Sony did, which is actually kind of boss if you think about it, because like Microsoft came out and go, yeah, this is all the stuff the Xbox can do, yeah. And then Sony goes, okay, okay, we bide our time, we bide our time, now let's do this. And drop the mic. Ser- <laughs> seriously, and you know, uh, so it it. Yeah, like the whole checking in bit is really, really lame, and the whole well, if you want to, you know, if you if you don't want to stay connected, then just keep an Xbox 360. It's like, really, dude? That's your answer? That's that's a Microsoft answer. That's a Microsoft of old answer. Yeah. And and to me, you're basically segregating your user base. Exactly, and and so for me, it was just like, oh, you dicks, you you really are going, you're bouncing back to Vista. That Vista idea is like, no, Vista's fine. We don't see a problem with it. If you don't like Vista, just stick with XP. Exactly. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that for me was just kind of a big pisser. And and even Adam kind of agreed. Is like going, dude, the PlayStation looks kind of boss now. Dude, I just pre-ordered my PS4 <laughs> on Friday. I did. I pre-ordered nice. the PS4. Like, I mean, and I'm a big Microsoft fan, but when you fail, you fail. I don't care how much of a fan you are. You know, I, I do not like – I need more time to see what they're going to be doing because right now it looks stupid. Yeah. And so it's whatever. All right. Well, shifting, shifting gears into comic news, uh, this week was kind of a really, really slow week in comics. So we really didn't have anything – or at least I didn't have anything – for um for the site except for like comic previews but uh this um exclusive comes from uh comic book resources and this one here is uh dark horse to release planet 
Plants vs. Zombies Digital Comic at CCI 2013. And CCI is Comic-Con International for those of you that don't habla. Uh, <laughs> Dark Horse Comics September solicitations revealed an intriguing graphic novel, Plants vs. Zombies Long Mageddon, written by Paul Tobin with art by Ron Chan. Based on the popular Plants vs. Zombies video game by PopCaps Games, Solicitation teased a collection of all Plants vs. Zombies digital comics, but they haven't ever seen any official license, Plants vs. Zombies comics, digital or otherwise. However, Dark Horse shed some light on the situation when contacted by CBR, revealing Lawmageddon as a digital series for Plants vs. Zombies that will be collected into a solicited hardcover. More details will be available on Dark Horse's uh, newsfeed. Uh, la- this was uh, last Thursday, and the publisher will have the first issue in print as an exclusive at Comic Con International 2013. So, you know, if you guys are going to be down at Comic Con next month, definitely probably going to pick something like that up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what you got over there, homie? All right, what do I have? You know, it's all existential and shit. Um, so this is actually from Comic Book Resources because I didn't. We've been so e three in it up. I didn't write anything for comic books. So anyway, um, comics, comics and film producer Mark Miller, uh, known for Chaos Wanted and Jupiter Legacy has been recognized by Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of England, if you don't know, you younger kids, <laughs> as a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire for services to film and literature on the just-released Queen's Honors birthday list. Um, quote, these kinds of honors you usually see going to other people, so it's nice, Miller told the Herald. I got an honorary doctorate last year, so I am starting to feel very respectable. I want my kids to write MBE on Father's Day Father's Day card. <laughs> on my Father's Day card. Miller received an honorary doctorate of letters from Glasgow Caledonian University last year. He later joked on his message board, Soon the Sith will rise again, <laughs> and I will take my throne in Parliament. <laughs> in order of chivalry... Established in 1917 by King George V, little history. The Order of the British Empire consists of five ranks Knight Grand Cross, or Dame Grand Cross, Knight Commander, or Dame Commander, um, Commander, Office, and, and Member. Last year, Miller's former writing partner, Grant Morrison, received the same honor. So basically, he's the shit in England. <laughs> For those outside of England that might not understand, he's getting honored by the the Queen for his work. I mean, I think he deserves it. I mean, he's yeah. he's definitely put out some really good stuff, you know. So, um, that's it. Just wanted to share, you know. Yeah, yeah that's good. It's a good share. It's a good yeah, share. You're welcome. You're, yeah, welcome. thank you, thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> while now in tech news which has undoubtedly made people that cover tech news go into a, um, going blind with the Entertainment Electronic Expo started last week, as well as Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. 
The big news coming out of the Apple camp is the official reveal of the new operating system of all things Apple, iOS 7. Apple CEO Tim Cook noted that the, it's the biggest platform change since the introduction of the iPhone five years ago. The new design offers sharper, flattened con- icons, slimmer fonts, and a new slide-to-unlock function and a new control panel that slides up from the bottom, which would, uh, which would be said to resemble Androids, which slides from the top down. The Verge broke down the new features. Control Center. The Control Center is the name of the new swipe-up menu that gives you quick access to commonly used functions. It lets you control your music and toggle airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, flashlight, brightness, microwave settings, and more. Uh, Needless to say, iOS users will um, have been asking for this feature for a long time. Multitasking. Multitasking has been upgraded to support all apps, not just the limited services or stock apps that earlier versions of iOS was constricted to. Apple says that the new features let apps update in the background without affecting battery life. And it is a smart feature to update certain apps during certain times of day or when you have stronger wireless coverage. Push notifications now trigger apps to update in the background so that apps will always update with new content and there is no more waiting for them to refresh when you open. The new card-based multitasking interface is strikingly reminiscent of WebOS and the large previews of each app. Safari, Apple Safari mobile browser now features improved full-screen browsing, gesture-based navigation, and a new flipping card tab um, overview that resembles the interface to Google's Chrome for iOS and Android. The separate search bar is gone, and now you can perform searches right from your address bar. Safari for iOS also supports Apple's new iCloud keychain, which syncs passwords and credit card information across devices. Uh, AirDrop is a new feature for iOS 7 that lets you share with other iOS users through the Control Center. It lets you share with other users who are close by and tells you that you can send content to write within the control center. This is Apple's answer to Samsung's group gathering feature and the tab-based NFC sharing supported on other platforms. It works on the iPhone 5, 5th generation iPod Touch, and 4th generation iPad and iPad Mini. The camera has been refreshed to, um, with improved UI, uh, surface uh, bleh, square photo framing, and new filters. Also upgraded in the photo app, which features the same flat redesign as other stock apps. Photos New Moments feature organizes images by time and location, and you can provide an overview of all the pictures you've taken in the, of a particular year. You can. It also has gesture-based pop-up previews of images that you bring up by sliding your finger across the grid of images. In addition to sharing still images, photo supports video sharing through iCloud, too. Uh, One of the big things here is iTunes Radio. One of the biggest upgrades of iOS 7 is the new music player, which features a brand new user interface of Apple's new iTunes Radio service. The company's answer to the streaming um, music service, such as Spotify Radio and Google Music, all access iTunes Radio lets you choose songs on the list 
to on demand and has the ability to uh, curate radio stations based on popular songs, artists, albums, or genres. It's very similar to how Pandora works, iTunes Radio, which basically means it's going to play you the same 20 songs. Uh, iTunes Radio <laughs> works on iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and iTunes on Mac and PC. It's provided for free with ads, but iTunes Match subscribers can listen to it ad-free, and it will be available to the U.S. Um, in the U.S. to start. Other features for iOS 7 includes notifications, sync across devices, FaceTime audio calls over Wi-Fi, better search in mail, and the ability to block phone calls, FaceTime calls, and messages. There's a, there is a bit more as far as the upgrades go or what's coming in in iOS 7, and you can check out the complete, uh, the complete listing on thelazygeeks.com. Yeah, and if you don't care, <laughs> much like someone here, <laughs> namely me, no, I'm just um, I need to go over with kind of a fine-tooth comb, because when you, when you do a website that talks about technology sometimes, you can't just go, I don't, I don't like that, so I'm, I'm not going to learn about it. Because then you're, you're that douchebag, right? You know, and I haven't had the time. I got to learn about it for work too. <sighs> <sighs> I got to do a bunch of like training sessions. Whenever something new Apple comes out, the training, it's like 15 training. You must know this. Fuck you, man. What, <laughs> what do you need to know? It's fucking Apple. Right. They copied Windows Phone and Android. <laughs> <laughs> and combined it into an, into an OS. You know, congratulations. Exactly. It's like what Facebook did with uh, Google+. Plus. Exactly. Exactly. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite people in the industry, the gaming industry, is Cliff uh, Blazinski, <laughs> former design director of Epic Games. He just says whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, he just says straight down, and this, this article is going to prove that. So he feels the disk-based market for consoles is a dying breed with gamers favoring more free-to-play titles and microtransaction systems. Now, even though I, I like the guy, I might not agree with what he's saying, but, you know, whatever. So he says, newsflash, this is why you're seeing free-to-play and microtransactions everywhere. Uh, Lazinski said on Twitter, the disk-based, disk-based day one $60 model is crumbling. These comments come out of another topic that he was discussing about the used games market. Since the recent announcement of the Xbox One's restrictions on used games, as well as a lot of rumors that got everyone pumped up, um, Blazinski feels a used game and rental market can't exist alongside AAA games with ever-growing product bu- production budgets. Goes on to say, you cannot have game you cannot have game and marketing budgets this high while having used used and rental games existing. The numbers do not work, people. The visual fidelity and feature sets we expect from now at sky-high costs, Assassin's Creed's Creed games are made by thousands of devs added. While the Microsoft, while the Microsoft, I really put that, while the Microsoft has certified <laughs> that the Xbox One will not restrict the use of used games, they also added the Xbox One will feature the ability to restrict certain games, but only if the publisher decides they want to do that. Sony, on the other hand, oh, this is different now, I guess. No, I guess not, because DRM isn't um, use game restrictions. Sony, on the other hand, has announced the PlayStation 4 will not have any form of gating restrictions uh, at all on their console or software. So I kind of understand where he's coming from, 
but I don't think we're quite ready to toss out the discs yet. Yeah. Probably next generation, that will be a more serious discussion. Right. Um, but I think I I do think this is the final the final generation. Next generation. Do, do, do. Um, <laughs> this is probably the last generation where discs are going to be utilized like straight out because because we already saw with previous gen or the current generation people download. I mean I have a lot of games on my Xbox, my PlayStation. People are getting more comfortable with it, but there's still a lot of people like oh I prefer to own the physical copy. Yeah. A lot of people that come into work. Where you, I was looking for a CD and you guys don't have it. It's like, well, our CD sections shrunk a lot. Well, I prefer to own a, a physical. It's like, well, what you prefer and what's going on are two different fucking things, you know. So it's it would eventually get that way too. Yeah. But well, the problem with the problem with with now is that you it's hard to back up everything. I mean. You know, all these companies want want you to join the cloud, back up all your shit onto the cloud, but at the same time, they want to charge you up the ass for it. And I understand that sometimes your computer decides, you know what, fuck you, I'm not going to work anymore. So then you lose all your content. So yeah. you know, it's just it's it's difficult sometimes. But I, I understand. Like, I mean, I've gotten mostly digital now. That's why I usually back up all my shit onto an external. So I usually yeah. hopefully don't have to run into that problem. Until the external breaks. No. Yeah, until the external breaks. Yeah, like you had, and you know, or you accidentally click the wrong drive to reformat. You know. No, that that uh, that that was you, right? That's yeah, that that, that that was the one I did. Yeah. 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 And then Steve gave me a an external hard drive that pretty much broke right after I put all my stuff on it. Because <laughs> he's a super douche. His hat was his hat was tilted to the side when he gave it. To uh, me. Ah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I meant for that die hopper. <laughs> yeah, but I I agree. I don't think just base games are out yet. And if they were, seriously, the the next gen consoles wouldn't have wouldn't have them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're quite. Yeah, we're quite there yet. All right. So as we do each and every week, we find the company, person, or entity that does something. That it simply reeks of douchebaggery, and they become the Lazy Geeks Douchebag of the Week, or, hipst- or Hipster of the Week, however you want to phrase it, you know. <laughs> Same difference, right? Alright, this one actually comes from Deadline, and that makes our douchebag... I'll just read it. Jeremy Breach and his family lost everything when the wildfires destroyed their home near Chicago Springs this week. Everything except their direct TV bill. According to his hometown paper, Beach was making calls about canceling various services when someone at the star- at the Satcaster said he still owed $400 for the dish and the two receivers that were lost in the fire. I couldn't believe it, he told the Gazette. I had lost everything, and they acted like they could care less. Beach escaped with um, the flames with his wife, who was expecting twins next month, their five-year-old son, two dogs, and little else. A DirecTV spokesman told Deadline, the agent was absolutely wrong and should have known that we have a clear policy that fully supports our customers during natural disasters that uh, includes 
replacement of damaged equipment at no charge, long-term suspensions of account for customers who must leave their home, and waiving cancellation fees for customers who need to disconnect service. We are contacting Mr. Beach to apologize and assure him that his family and his family that we will do everything we can to help them through this difficult time. The paper, um, but the paper said there there's precedence. For DirecTV's move, nearly 350 houses were destroyed in last summer's near the Waldo Canyon fire, and the Sat Giant also charged subscribers. Beach told the Gazette that DirecTV said his insurance would cover the bill. I tried to explain that a couple of hundred dollars is nothing to them, but a lot to me. He said, "I need the money. I I can use it to buy diapers, clothes, and um, diapers, clothes for my family." Now. At one of my old jobs, I actually did work with DirecTV, and they do have a distinct policy that says that if you have to, you know, waive service, or if you're forced out or by some, you know, disaster, they will waive those options for you. So there's a and so there seems to be like a lot of assholes <laughs> that are just like, you know, fuck it, you owe us. And you know, and I, I think it depends on you know who you're getting because depends on who you call. Like, yeah, anytime you call someone and you you get that kind of just hang up and call again. Yeah, and yeah, you'll get someone else who isn't happy. Yeah, you know? and so it's it's that kind of thing where you're just like, dude, don't be don't be a dick, don't be such a dick. But yeah, so and in that particular instance, it's Directv is. The douchebag because they have employees that do that, and to me that's that's disconcerting. Although I have Directv personally, and I've had issues with them, and I've had good luck. Adam, not so much, but you know. Mm. <laughs> See, I don't have good luck with customer service with anybody because you're a dick. People piss me the fuck off. No, like I'll call and I'm like, look. See, I don't. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm like, I have my contract in front of me. This is what happens. So let's do it now. And then they'll say something that contradicts the contract. And I go, what's the point of signing this piece of paper if you're not making any fucking sense? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And, I, and I'm also – I am a dick. Like I'm the type of guy will will go, can I talk to someone who might be a little more versed on your job? <laughs> I've said that a few times, but I only do it when I'm in the right. Like I don't just call and start screaming at everybody. You know what I mean? Like right. this is when people are being dumb. Like no, Thary, you can't do that. I'm like, you know what, dude? Let me talk to your supervisor because you're a fucking idiot. I really hope your supervisor knows better than you do. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I bought an Xbox One back in 2001. Like, or the original Xbox back in 2001. Your argument's invalid. <laughs> Just passed that on Facebook. <laughs> they just popped up. Um, All right. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny you chose Directv. They're coming to my house in like two days to install. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm like shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the installer's gonna come and go. Hey man, I, I heard that podcast you did. Days ago, <laughs> homie. I'm gonna fuck your shit up. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, this week we have a site comment. Do you want to take this one or shall I? I think I'm going to take it. All right. And this is actually the comment I said. Oh, this is a nice comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kane the Conqueror. Yes. 
commented on uh, Microsoft's response to Sony's jab. Xbox lost this console war. With Microsoft's attempt to grab every penny out of our pocket, uh, they overplayed their hand and are rapidly losing their fan base. Even Killer Instinct is just another way to get your money because you only get Jago, the most generic character, and you must pay for all others. Dude, I said the same shit. <laughs> I was like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> I've been an Xbox fan ever since it came out, but this message made me switch to PS4. You know what? I'm right, I'm right there with you, Mr. Conqueror, because uh, I've been pretty diehard Xbox. I had my little stints, you know. Because I always had both systems, but I've I've had the Xbox One. I've had Xbox since it came out. I keep saying Xbox One because I'm thinking the PS One. And <laughs> Jesus, I have to now. I have to say the original Xbox. Yep. Most of my time. Um, so I'm with you. Like I haven't completely given up on Xbox in the gaming realm, but I have. I mean, it, it's a pretty like Steve. Steve knows it's a pretty big deal for me to pre-order the PS Four. Yeah. And not even bat an eye at the Xbox One. <laughs> so, I didn't pre-order games with it. I just want it. Yeah, you gotta have it. I think I'm gonna. I think I'll pre-order that new Killzone, dude. Did you see the the gameplay yeah. video? Yeah, that shit looks sick. Dude, it looks dope as shit. Yeah. All right. Well, um, like I said before earlier in the podcast, Adam and I are going to be discussing at length. The PS4, why it dominated E3. The PS4, uh, the Xbox One, and all other X, um, three E3 news on th- uh, Thursday's Lazy Ring of Death podcast. So be sure to let's check out that one. So before we head out, we want to remind you that you can check out most of these stories on the website, thelazygeeks.com, where you can get all sorts of news in the world of geekdom. Yes, yeah. you can. Yes, you're welcome. In the world of geekdom, crush. Yes, you can! <laughs> also, be sure to subscribe to our Lazy Geeks Network on either iTunes or via the website where you can get all our podcasting content, including in the, in the Ink Podcast, Lazy Ring of Death, and the Cinephile Podcast. Like us <laughs> like us on Facebook and add us to your circle on Google+. Uh, follow us on a Twitter. The, on the Twitter. On the Twitter. And you at the Lazy Geeks one word or my you can catch my uh, Twitter account at T L G Stephen Vargas and or you can catch the Adam over there at T L G Adam Riley and, you, and it has to be typed in Adam Riley it only yeah. works, it only works that way. You have to spell it in a sexy way. Exactly. And the Lazy Geeks team was provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. So you should be sure to leave a comment because if you do, we just may read it on the podcast. And I'm... Whoa, what the hell? There we go. All right. Computer tweaked out on me for a second. Uh, remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next week, ciao. A peace out. Peace out.